Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have the former national, national party chairman of the Libertarian Party and ballot access news editor, Bill Redpath. Bill, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you, Dr. Ritchie? I'm doing quite well, man. Good to have you on the program. You know, it's interesting. I actually have some libertarian associates and friends. We agree on things. All right. We agree on some things. Absolutely. All no, right. I, I, uh, I have a friend who who came to the Libertarian Party sort of from the conservative side, very conservative okay. economically. And I asked him once. I, in fact, I predicted to someone what he would say, and I was very accurate. He said he agreed with about 35 to 40 percent of the Green Party platform, and mm. that's a non-trivial percentage, particularly for somebody who really comes from a conservative background. You know, I think you will find those commonalities if you eliminate the personality in politics and just go policy by policy. You I think you're find right. That, yeah, we, we have significant um, overlap in right. our belief and value structure. Let's talk about the importance or the impact of thir- third party um, candidates, especially in the context of presidential elections. You know, there are two uh, schools of thought, right? One will say, well, you know, it takes away from the major candidate who who needs to win. And another uh, group would say, well, it actually encourages more of the values dynamic we need in politics in the first place. I don't know what you uh, believe about that, but if you would give us your ideology and I would then opine. Well, I'm, I'm a libertarian and I believe that there is a distinct role for minor parties in the United States. Uh, and I, I have a lot of libertarian friends who think that uh, we should just run for local offices uh, because those are much more winnable than than federal offices or statewide offices. And I don't agree with that. I think that the, uh, the an important part of the role of minor parties in the United States is is running for major offices and speaking out on the great issues of the day. As far as voting goes, people know the rules. Uh, people's votes belong to the individuals who vote. They don't belong to particular candidates. They don't belong to particular parties. And and they really don't know uh, how the dynamics work. There are a lot of people who are going to vote for minor party candidates for president or other federal offices who otherwise would just stay at home. But also there's a dynamic going back to the 1948 presidential campaign there was research done by a political scientist whose name i do not recall offhand but his analysis of the data from 1948 showed that the presence of henry wallace as i believe the progressive party candidate he was a progressive candidate for us president in 1948 it's standard conventional wisdom that he hurt Harry Truman in his reelection bid. But the analysis of the data showed that Henry Wallace's presence on the presidential ticket actually helped Harry Truman become elected to the presidency for the first time. And so I, I think that, but regardless, there are all sorts of voting solutions, rank choice voting. There are all ways to address this ostensible problem if the major party politicians really want to. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that's ballot access. Right. So while you you can get a very popular um, minor party or third party candidate on a national level, you can get that. Um, the issue then becomes infrastructure, because the game is set up in such a way 
that if you're not a Democrat or Republican, good luck in getting that ballot access throughout the entire country on a presidential ballot. I think that's the reason the argument is laid out that local offices are much more, I guess, obtainable. Those who make that argument, I don't necessarily make that argument, but I think that's part of where that argument comes from is the feasibility, the practicality of getting on the ballot for every state and the rules of every state are different. That's Who's exactly the code, Republicans and Democrats. They, those companies crack the code. Right, no it is, it, ballot access, and I wanna define ballot access because it's being used in different ways that phrase these days. It traditionally has meant the ability of candidates to get on ballots. Recently, there's been a phenomenon where a lot of people are referring to ballot access as the ability of individuals to vote in elections. And I look upon that, I think that's properly called voting rights or voters rights, not ballot access. But it is a state by state phenomenon. And in some states, it's relatively easy to get on the ballot. And in other states, it's very difficult to get on the ballot. But the one thing I wanted to say is that I find frequently disappointing. It, it, it varies, I've, I've been an eight time libertarian candidate for public office myself and, and sometimes the press has paid attention and other times it, it hasn't. And, and there was a, I was the US Senate nominee in Illinois last year for the Libertarian Party. A major newspaper ran an article about the Republican candidate who was challenging the incumbent Democrat, Tammy Duckworth. A long article about her, and granted the article was about her, but it didn't even mention, even in a throwaway paragraph at the end of the story, oh, by the way, there's also a Libertarian candidate on the ballot. We have, we have too much of a focus with the press, in my opinion, on the horse race. And, and the candidates who are supposedly competitive and, and supposedly have a chance at winning. And, and there ought to be more of an emphasis on the ideas that all of the candidates are bringing forward to the campaign. Let's talk about strategy. I saw, and you saw the Tea Party movement. They decided not to become a party in, this, in the traditional sense. They said our strategy will be, the infiltration of the Republican mainstream party. And we will basically set our tent in their tent rather than run as third party or minor party candidates. That strategy was somewhat effective, at least for two years. I remember they beat a lot of incumbent Republicans for the US Congress. Mm -hmm. Many of them lost their jobs after those two years, but they did it or temporarily they did it. Is there any sentiment of what they did in your mind? that is credible for a strategy inside of the libertarian movement as well? Well, I think that if you're referring to the Tea Party, I would say that they agreed with libertarians on economic issues, but, but less so on, on social issues. Right. And ultimately, uh, I remain with the libertarian party and don't go into the Republican Party, first of all, because of the condition of the Republican Party these days. But also, if I did that, that would indicate that I think the two party system is okay. The two party system is right. Well, I don't. So therefore, I really cannot in good conscience become a part of one of the two major parties in the United States because I think there needs to be a fundamental change to the electoral structure of this nation. I agree with you. And I've broken this down even with my college class in my lectures. That the two-party system makes it very easy for corporations just to buy two people or to buy two sides. And I think the structure that we have with our two-party presentation means that no one will ever 
get what they actually want. You got to think about this. Uh, two people, that's it, that's, that's your, you only have a choice between two people at the end of the day. And not one of them will represent what you believe at a rate of probably 75% or more. It just won't happen. So you're stuck with the lesser of the two evils typically in every damn election that you vote in, especially if you vote with the idea of, I gotta vote for somebody who has a chance of winning. The electability argument becomes a major factor in voting behavior in the United States in particular. Why are we not challenging, and I say this in the context of lawsuit, constitutionality, etc. The entire structure of our democracy in the two party system. Well, I think you're only gonna get so far challenging it on a constitutional basis, on a legal basis. I think that even though the constitution says nothing about two parties, but but the current election apparatus, the current election structure has been tested many times in, in various legal cases and been found to be constitutional. I think yeah. what it's going to come down to is lobbying state legislatures to change the law. It's going to take pressure from the public, but also initiatives and referenda. I favor initiatives and referenda in various states because it gives the people the right to go around the legislature to affect changes. And that's what you've got to do, I think, when the legislature inherently has a conflict of interest in in various issues. Would you disagree with a uniformed law that said this is how a minor party candidate or a third party candidate can qualify per state for a federal election rather than having it different state to state? Uh, yes, and that would be constitutional for sure because when Ron Paul was in the US House of Representatives for many different Congresses, he would uh, sponsor a bill that would mandate a maximum signature requirement of 1000 signatures of registered voters for someone to get on the ballot for US House of Representatives. Compare that to the situation in Illinois, where I live, where the average number of signatures it will take to get on the ballot for US House, just one US House district in 2024 is going to be 12,000 valid signatures of registered voters. So it's in the constitution, the US House has the authority to set the rules, to set the laws on what it takes to get on the ballot for US House elections. It's just that the members of the US House, members of the Congress won't pass that legislation. Yeah, I would like to see more nuance on the left side of politics. Um, I have a lot of progressive friends who they just have to run as a Democrat, even though they do not agree with all of the mainstream Democratic, uh, especially corporate Democratic jargon that comes from the left. Uh, they have no choice, they feel. Um, but I do agree with you. This whole two party dynamic is such a ridiculous sham as it relates to true democracy. Uh, so on that, sir. We agree, and I leave it on that note, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your work. Uh, I'm at Bill Redpath uh, on uh, Twitter, and uh, Ballot Access News is a monthly newsletter. Uh, it's very inexpensive. I think it's something like $18 a year, $25 gets you a membership in the Coalition for Free and Open Elections, and the website is ballot-access.org. Thank you, Bill. Until next time. Thank you, Dr. Ritchie. I'd love to come back sometime. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, will do.